0: Okay, well, we're carrying on in our series of opening, Paul's opening letters, and today we're going to be looking at Ephesians, and uh, so, I'll read the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Great verses. And once again, Paul talks of the church as being the holy people of God, individuals separated to God as a people, individuals but as a community. And again, he brings grace and peace to them, as he has in many of his letters. But Today I want to focus on verse 3, where Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I just want to look at that phrase, every spiritual blessing. Now, because we're limited in time, we're not going to be able to look at every spiritual blessing. But in verse 4 to verse 14, paul does outline seven spiritual blessings that we have received but before we look at them (coughs) just um a couple of things first these are spiritual blessings they're not natural you receive them when you become a christian you receive them in christ they're not natural Unless you know God, unless you are in Christ, you have you don't have these. And I think sometimes as Christians we get so used to what we have that we think everybody has them. Well, they don't. These are spiritual blessings. (coughs) Secondly, we don't deserve them. We just don't deserve them. We we turned our backs on God. And yet, he came after us and he has given us these blessings, but we don't deserve them. And I want, I want you to grasp again that fact. Because again, sometimes as Christians, we begin to feel a little bit entitled. Well, God, you're my father, you should be giving me this. But we don't deserve it. Next, <coughs> we cannot earn them. We can't earn them. There's nothing that we could do to get these spiritual blessings. You just can't earn them. They are a free gift. Next, they belong to every single Christian. When you are in Christ, these belong to you. They are part of the gift that an extravagant and generous God has given to humanity. So as we look at these seven things, they belong to all of us. We don't deserve them. We couldn't have earned them. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter whether for the last 15 years or so, you have read your Bible every day and prayed every day, or whether you've read your Bible a couple of times in those 15 years and you've prayed a couple of times in, these, in the last 15 years. These blessings are still yours. Now, to be honest, if you've just read your Bible a couple of times in 15 years and prayed in a couple of times in 15 years, there's an element where you probably haven't really got hold of the blessings. It's a bit like being told, you have a billion pounds in the bank. The question is, are you going to draw on it? Or are you just going to leave it there and do nothing with it? And that's what these spiritual blessings are. So the first one (coughs) comes in verse 4 first spiritual blessing is we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. The Bible is quite clear. God has taken the initiative. It is God who created the heavens and the earth. All things were created by him. Nothing exists which he has not made. And he made us. And he made us to be in relationship with him. He made a beautiful world, he made beautiful animals, he made a beautiful planet, he made a fantastic universe. But the very pinnacle of creation was us. Because it was us that he was going to have a relationship with. It was us he was going to come and, come and walk in the garden with. It was us that he gave rule and authority to. It was us that he, he wanted to express his life through. But we turned our back on him and we walked away. And we said, hey, we prefer it over here with this. This new king, this new ruler. Now, there's a tremendous mystery here. And we can't possibly understand it. And if you do understand it, it probably means you definitely don't understand it. (coughs) Before the creation of the world, he knew that Dave Nunn was going to exist He knew (coughs) that for the first 18, 19 years of his life, he was going to live very much as an independent person, very much in his own way. And he knew one day, he was going to come one night, and he was going to basically frighten Dave Nunn to the point where he says, God, scrub my brains out and give me another chance. That's how he met with me. And he knew that was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna happen. I wasn't looking for God. All I knew was I suddenly thought, I need another chance in life. I'm scuppered, I need something. And that night, God met with me. Before the foundation of the world, God knew that was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna happen. My parents didn't know it was gonna happen. My friends didn't know it was going to happen, but God did. And I have no idea why God chose me. Now, the the mystery of this is you may be thinking, well, has God chosen me? And you may know with a certainty that you know God now. And those that know God are filled with his spirit, so they know that they know God. But you may be watching and thinking, well, how do I know whether I'm chosen? Well, you don't. So the only way to find out is to go to God and say, God, help me. (laughs) I need you. And God will come. Because he is a great God. We have been chosen, each and every one of us, before the foundation of the world. And that is is a huge spiritual blessing. Secondly, in verse 4 and (coughs) 5, we have been predestined to the adoption of children. The word predestined means to mark out beforehand. So it's the same really as God choosing before the foundation of the world. And when he came and he made himself known to me and I understood and I called to him, he actually had already decided that I would be adopted into his family. And God's purpose in choosing us and adopting us into his family is that we should be brought into all the privileges of being sons and daughters of God. And no picture is perfect, but basically what's happened is if you picture it like this. You're a scrawny little beggar living on the outskirts of town, begging for your food each day. You live in rags, you're filthy, you don't have a shower, you haven't got a bathroom. You're nobody, absolutely nobody. You have no hope, no future. That's what all of us were like. And then God stepped in and said, hey, come up here. And he takes us into his palace. And he says, this is my son, Jesus. I've given him everything. And I'm making you his sister, his brother. And you share everything with him. And suddenly you're taken from this... (coughs) poverty-stricken filth that you lived in to be a royal son and daughter of God. You are clothed in the best clothes. You have a magnificent toilet you can now use. You have a wonderful bathroom, a magnificent bed. You have riches beyond belief. You are clean and pure. And holy. You have dignity because you are now a son or a daughter of God. You have been changed. We've been adopted into God's family. In verse 7, number 3, we have been redeemed. See, God just didn't go down to some beggar and sort of pick you up and put you in the palace. We had been living under the kingship, the rulership of an evil, lying, stealing individual known as the devil. Who taught us to hate one another, brought dissension into the world, lied to us, cheated us, but he owned us. And God said, on that night, I'm choosing you Dave, I'm adopting you into my family, and I'm also buying you you are owned by this person and i am going to buy you from them you were his slave and i am buying you into my family the legal adoption papers have been have been written they legally you are now my child but not only that i have bought you but he's bought us with a price That is beyond belief. We can't understand the mystery of eternity and what went on. But God decided the only price that could be paid was the price of His own Son His blood, His sacrifice, His death on the cross. you ever feel worthless think again of that spiritual blessing the price was paid for you and for me was the highest that could ever have been paid we have been redeemed we have been brought back we have been brought at such a high price, because God valued each and every one of us so much. <clears throat> Verse 7, we have received forgiveness. We, we chose, we were born into living opposed to God. The first 18, 19 years of my life, I lived totally separate from what God said. I didn't look to fulfill his commands. I didn't, I I looked to ignore him. A lot of the time didn't even think of him. And then he met with me. And I had this huge weight of unpaid punishments, I was guilty. God could have just come to me on that night and said, Mr Nunn, you're guilty, and you're very guilty, and you're guilty of this, 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 and it would have gone on and on and on and on and on. But he didn't. He said, look, I'm choosing you. I'm adopting you. I'm going to buy you. And then I'm going to forgive you everything. And not only am I going to forgive you that first 18 or 19 years, but I know there are things you're going to do wrong between now and the end of your life. And I'm going to forgive you those as well. And I'm going to forgive you by putting it all on my son Jesus. Your entire guilt is on him. And you can now live guilt-free because you've been forgiven. There's no condemnation. You can come into my presence as my son at any time, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. You can come to me when you... <coughs> When, just, when, you've, when you've lied, can come to me when you've done something wrong and you say, please forgive me, and I will forgive you again. Because I'm giving you the spiritual blessing of forgiveness. Not only for the past, but for what I know you're going to do in the future. It's all forgiven. <coughs> Verse 8 and 10. We've been told the plan. Now, you really need to get hold of this one because it's the one (coughs) that probably you don't think about much at all. Most of the world at the present moment does not understand what God is doing, they don't know but one of the spiritual blessings that we have been given is we know we know the end of the story now it is good to look after our world that's part of what god has told us to do it's good <coughs> to recycle it's good to cut back on some of our consumerist stuff but the green agenda the agenda i mean i was listening on the radio this week And there's someone saying, this is the last generation, we've got three years. It's like, no, I know the end of the story. This world does not end until God says, okay Jesus, back you go, wrap up this world, then it ends. Whether I recycle my plastic, though I do, ain't going to make that much difference to God's plan. And we need to grasp the fact that it is God who is in control. Because we are being fed at this time that we are. The world will end when Jesus comes again. And you and I know that secret. The world, those that don't know God, don't know that secret. And so many live in fear. But we know individually our hands are in the hands of God. I will die when God says. I can be secure in the knowledge that that is so. I won't die accidentally with God unknowing. I will die when God says. The world will end when God says. And not only do we know about the world ending, we know what comes afterwards. And what comes afterwards? A new heaven and a new earth, where there's no more crying, no more fear, no more... Difficulty, no more pain, no more suffering. A glorious world where God is able to express the, the fullness of his glory in a new way. In a, in a world unmarred by sin and suffering and death because it's a new heaven and a new earth. And we know that because God has revealed it to us as one of his spiritual blessings. The world doesn't. Number 6, verse 11. We have obtained an inheritance. And it's inheritance that can never rust, fade, it can't be stolen. I once had an uncle of mine um, come and say to me, just suddenly out of the blue, we are camping on his land at the time, and he he said, Dave, you realize you're going to be a very rich person soon? I was like, no. And uh, he said, yes, obviously your grandfather will die soon, and uh, you are set to inherit quite a lot. And uh, that was interesting. I um, didn't quite know what to make of it. And when my grandfather died, the will was such that I got virtually nothing. <laughs> and another part of the family got it. It was like, oh, grandfather's dead. It's really sad about that. What's in the will? <laughs> you told you were going to be rich, wouldn't you? Sort of. <laughs> he was mid-90s, so lived a good life. And then discover it all gone. Our inheritance is kept in heaven for us by God. And it is a glorious, wonderful, magnificent inheritance. He has promised it. Seventhly, We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. When we became Christians, as I prayed earlier, God had promised that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, but he would give us one like Jesus. And so each and every one of us has received the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that brings these spiritual blessings to life within us it is the holy spirit who is the promised guaranteeing our inheritance it's the holy spirit that came upon david and said look god has chosen you he's adopted you he's redeemed you he's forgiven you here's the plan here's here, this is the inheritance And this is the Holy Spirit. And because you've got the Holy Spirit, it guarantees everything. Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Those are just seven. Chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, told the plan, received an inheritance and had it all sealed with the Holy Spirit. How do we respond? We respond with thanksgiving. Man, these blessings are rich. These blessings are eternal. These blessings have changed my life these blessings have changed my future. Thanksgiving, worship, these blessings come from an extraordinary, extravagant God. He gave his son so that I might have life. Me. (laughs) Thanksgiving, worship, And then in me, it stirs a question. Hey God, what can I do for you? (laughs) What do you want from this son that you've given so much to? What can I do for you? Because all of this is done according to the riches of God, not our generosity, not our riches, but the extraordinary generosity and extravagance of a holy God who so loved the world he created that he gave his only son that we might know life. And all of this has been secured by Jesus, his cross, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the undefeated champion of eternity. All of this belongs to all of us, no matter what we do, no matter how we live. Once we know God, these these blessings are all ours. They don't belong to the people that stand here and talk. Don't belong to the people that stand and lead in the worship don't belong to the Sunday school teachers, don't belong to the missionaries, don't belong to the great authors. They belong to each and every one of us. God has given them to us, secured by Jesus, the undefeated champion of eternity.